0: Welcome back to another edition of Hey, Fighting Podcast, powered, as always, by Marathon Petroleum. Marathon Petroleum, get the most out of your drive. Happy to be joined by a, uh, a longtime uh, recurring guest of the podcast, probably holds the record for the most appearances on Hey, Fighting Podcast. It's a former LSU national champion, now on staff with LSU football, Jacoby Stevens. Jacoby, good to see you.
1: Good to see you. It's
0: been a long time. It's been a long
1: time. Long We've come time. a long way since. Come uh, a long way. I remember doing the first <laughs> one. first one we did was in the uh, – Strength and conditioning
0: equipment, uh,
1: like meeting area. Yeah. Now we have a whole studio set up. I just walked in. I'm like, Lord have mercy. Look at y'all set up. I've,
0: I've been thinking about that 19 <laughs> season a lot because that was the year that we we uh, launched the podcast. And you're right. During camp, I basically just pulled up in that that meeting room, and I yep. got you. I got Justin. I got clock, like I got a good group of y'all well, just to swing in there and do some interviews with me. Which is like
1: we went from having to hold the microphone and now I have a microphone right here. This me in hell for you. <laughs> so. we've,
0: come, we've come a long way in the LSU uh, media department, not uh, in, in no small part due to the success of the 2019 LSU football team, which you were key to. So we'll mm-hmm. talk about some of that stuff, but. Um, before we get into, you know, reminiscing, um, tell our listeners what, what brings you back. So they, they've seen the news articles, I'm sure. They've seen some of the photos, but you are on the sidelines coaching the team. Um, just talk about coming back to LSU and, and pursuing a, a, a different path for your career.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing, man, is just the connections and taking care of former players. Uh, I want One thing I want to start off by saying is Scott Woodward's. I wouldn't be here without him. Yeah, literally, you know, kind of going through a rough patch with the NFL. I reached out to him and see if there's anything available, and he had no reason to text me back, call me back, but he did. And I, it wasn't even a wait; it was like right off, right off the, uh, right off the bat, he texted me back and basically got my foot in the door. And I was able to talk with Miss Beth, and uh, we kind of just went through everything, uh, kind of put down everything I needed to do in terms of graduating and. Uh, getting my diploma, and <laughs> I, I joke, and she, like I said, she probably really doesn't want me to keep saying this, but she really pushed me to get my degree in Miss Beth. She really uh, yeah. played a big role in that. And um, so, like, they, they, they really didn't have a uh, – they didn't have to have they didn't have didn't to do that for me, but they did, and I think that's what makes LSU special is really like a family. You know, this Louisiana feel, you know, everybody's family. Yeah. You know, you go down to the tailgate. I remember as a, a recruit, I'm walking down – um. I'm walking down Tiger Walk just as a recruit, just kind of looking at everything. And like four people, four different families invited me into their tailgate. I'm like, we don't know these people. (laughs) (laughs) We we don't know these people, but that's how it is here. And you just get that same feel here at LSU. And and like I said to everybody, you know, when they're asking, I just just went back home. Just went back home. And now I have younger brothers. I have younger guys here that I can, um, when it's appropriate, I can uh, give the things that I learned being here playing for LSU and things like that. So that's what I jumped at.
0: Yeah. And when you say Miss Beth, of course you're talking about Beth Rex, the uh, chief of staff with LSU football. And, and, you know, that was part of this project graduation push Mm -hmm. that uh, LSU has done really for a long time now. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're, you're part of the latest cohort. And really from my understanding of project graduation, the goal is to get these guys that do leave um, with unfinished business in the classroom to go pursue professional careers, which Mm -hmm. happens and is understandable. But, you know, a lot of times when those guys leave, it's hard to get them back. Mm-hmm. Project Graduation is designed to get them back and to finish up their degree. So just talk about your experience with that program and, you know, getting mm-hmm. to see, you know, from my perspective, <laughs> you know, seeing all the content, seeing you yeah. touch the wind bar with your dad, mm-hmm. with your son. Um, it's got to be pretty cool to kind yeah. of finish what you started through that Project Graduation.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm giving a shout out to Walt and Jason and just this. All of this LSU administration just helped me because um, it is hard. It is, I'm not gonna sit here and say that, it's e- that it was easy for me to come back and graduate. It was hard, you know. You know I have a son, I have a wife, and you're still juggling. You're juggling just everyday life. Uh, you're juggling even some people thinking that you're you know you're not focused on what you need to be focused on on getting your degree. Um, but you know you push through. You have a good support uh, staff. I mean support uh, team. And, and LSU played a, a big part in that and helping me and keeping me motivated to finish that and um, actually getting to the finish line and sharing that moment with my dad, recreating the picture of from my official visit mm-hmm. to touching the wind bar. And, now, and then I'm I'm able to share that moment with my son, just kind of looking at that. It's just awesome. And um, I was joking with my wife. I was like, now Jordan plays at uh, LSU. They're going to just put that all, <laughs> all over social media. And I was like, I'm here for it. And, you know, she's. She's pushing – already have them all in LSU stuff, so hopefully he can be a quarterback here or something
0: like that. There you go. B- bookmark it. Harrison Bookmark this podcast for uh, – I don't know if that's a recruiting violation. Um, it's hopefully it's not. I think it's okay when dad's the one talking about it. But, yeah, it's crazy how full circle it is. And, you know, I'm remembering – you probably don't even remember this. I remember when you were being recruited and I was at Tiger Ag at the time and I did a story on you and, like, mm-hmm. talked to you while you were in, in – uh, up in Tennessee, and uh, to see you go from from that young kid, the five-star kid, uh, to where you are now, I feel like you have so much um, to, to give back. And I could have told you, the reason I referenced that conversation, I could have told you after I had that conversation with you when you were 16, 17 years old, that kid's a football uh, football coach. Like, he is <laughs> yeah. a future football coach. Um, now, I'm sure you, you um, didn't anticipate exactly how the journey would go to right. this spot, but how does it feel to, uh, to be transitioning from player – into coach role? What are the challenges there? What are the excitement, uh, mm-hmm. exciting parts there? What, what are you kind of looking forward to as you move into this new role?
1: I think the biggest thing people, people kind of look at me like I'm strange when I say is I, I don't think there's a big adjustment in terms of the football aspect. And and what I mean by that is being a student of the game, like as a player, like you said, you kind of noticed it when you talked to me when I was young, I've always been a student of the game. I love watching film. I just love football so that part of it really was just easy. You know, um, it was funny. I was talking with Doug, our video guy, mm-hmm. and he was asking me, so is the time, you know, the time a big adjustment? I was like, not really. When you think about it, you know, as a player, if you actually, you know, you're a student of the game, you, you know, you go to practice, you know, you get treatment. And when you go home, you watch film. You know, you at school, you do your schoolwork, you watch film, you do stuff like that. So you, you're already – you kind of already – your body and your mind is already equipped to uh, for a workload like that. Yeah. Um, the the biggest adjustment that I say would be is, like, instead of watching the film and then I'm going on the practice field and doing it myself, it's trying to get the guys to do what I saw. Yep. But, you, but like, you can't – my biggest thing, kind of, my experience, I don't want to just go and, like, do this and do that and kind of – you got to be able to talk to them in a certain way and – because it's not like these, these these guys get here because they want it. Yeah. So as a coach, what I'm starting to learn and kind of pulling from my experiences is, okay, what's the best way I can talk to this kid and to getting him going? There's one guy right now, we're like, we're trying to get the dog out of him. We see it, he, he's there, he wants it. So I kind of push on him a little bit. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, let's get going. And there's another guy, he's a young guy, and it's just, okay, let me just talk to him and let me just show him the different techniques, and let, let me show him how just to be consistent yeah. every day. And so, like, that. honestly, that part is the adjustment rather than the watching the film, look um, the meetings and stuff like that. That stuff is just normal.
0: This is where I think a lot of listeners could relate to it, and this is where I relate to it too, is, like, I've never been a Division One football player, I've never been a Division One football coach, but I have transitioned from doing something to teaching people how to do something. Mm. And I would imagine a lot of people that are listening now, whether they've gone from – you know one level at their job to another level or if they are coached where they've gone from being an assistant coach to a head football coach like there's mm-hmm. there's always that transition and for me what I connect with with you is like going from doing the thing to teaching other people how to do the thing right. it's hard because <laughs> like you have a especially you as being self-motivated and like you were like, yeah, you know, as a football player, you go home and watch f- film. And I thought to myself, unless you're Johnny Manziel, which <laughs> the, the documentary was that, you know, they gave him an iPad that didn't even have film on it. Right. And he, didn't, he didn't watch it, right? But as somebody that was self-motivated, sometimes it's actually hard mm. to teach a, a kid who's not self-motivated, like, how to do those things because they came naturally to you or they were the,
1: instilled in you. There's it. a saying, the, the really great players like the Michael Jordans and we'll see, wait to see, but like the LeBron James, they don't make good coaches. Yeah. Just because... They do things and they see things that the normal person doesn't see, and um, I just think, and I just think a lot of that is just you got to have patience. And I, and I, it's funny because if we go back to our old podcast, that's one of the biggest things that we talked about was mm-hmm. patience. Mm-hmm. And uh, having my son, I've learned that, and uh, you got to have patience, uh, and he's got to apply that to the guys, man. It's just like you know, I always remember sitting there in my seat when I was like them and just how bad they want it. You know, you don't get to a level like this without at least wanting it, you know. And so it's not, you know, dog cussing them or it's not doing that, which we don't have any of that there. It's just the experiences that other people would say that they had. You know, you don't do that. You want to talk to them. Like I said, you just kind of just give them – just find the way that fits for them. You know, find the way that – they can receive the information you want to give them, and like I said, they're they're here at LSU for a reason. They can do it. They can do it.
0: Well, you're around some good coaches to learn that from. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was talking with Jay Johnson earlier today, and we were talking about some other stuff. But I told him, and I tell him this all the time, how much I appreciate learning from him as a great coach, national championship baseball coach. There's stuff that he does that I try to apply to to my everyday. I mean, you're you're in it, man. Like yeah. you're surrounded by the the winningest coach in college football right now, and Brian Kelly. Um, you know, a bunch of great assistant coaches. How much are you kind of picking their brain? How much are you kind of sitting back and watching? Um, just what what are you learning from this coaching staff? I don't know
1: if he knows this, but he's going to find out now. I watch every step Coach Kelly makes. Hmm. Just because, you know, if you aspire to, if if I'm wanting to aspire to be a head coach one day, I'm literally sitting under, like you said, the winningest coach in college football. So why not, why not literally write down everything that he does? So, like, I'm watching everything that he does. I'm taking note everything that he does and everything he says. I mean, even going towards the defense side of the ball with Coach House. Like, Coach House is a great defensive coordinator. You saw what he did last year in terms of making in-game adjustments. So, it's like, for me, as I sit there, I have my notepad out, I'm listening to him, um, seeing what he says, writing down quotes so I can use it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like right now, like, in terms of being – I'm a, I'll say right now, I'm a big quote thief. So like, right, anytime Coach House says something or anytime Coach Kelly says something, I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta steal that. So I just write <laughs> it down. And so, I mean, maybe in 10, 15 years, I'll be saying the same thing. Yeah. So like, I think I got a good front row seat at two guys that are really good at their job. And, you know, they tell me to do something, yes sir, go do it. But at the same time, as they're telling me to do it, I'm watching them on, you know, what they, how they move throughout practice. You know how they talk to the players, or like some of the things that they do behind the scenes as the coaches, because like you aspire to get at that level.
0: Yeah. Speaking of stealing quotes, me and Harrison got one from <laughs> Steeples the other day. I'll, I'll have to clean it up a little bit, but it was it was messed up drills lead to messed up plays. <laughs> and so I, uh, I jotted Steeps, that one down.
1: Oh uh, man, that's my guy, man. He's that's that's one of the guys that uh, he's taking me under his wing early, and I'm learning so much from him, man. And um, just in terms of the corner technique. Uh just, you know, I didn't play corner here. Uh you know, so like in terms of safety and linebacker, I'm confident in that. But being able to learn how to teach corner, um, Steeps is a good guy to learn under. And uh yeah, he kinda he kinda got let his emotions <laughs> get ahead of him. But I mean, that's the intensity that you need in, in a For practice sure. like that. I mean, like I tell the guys, you know, like I tell the guys now in that room, like, Death Valley is it's something. It's you know. I, there, there's words that, it's words that I can say, but I wouldn't want to say on the podcast. But it's it's a, <laughs> a it's a it's a it's the Coliseum. I remember uh, Coach would call it the Coliseum. Yeah. And uh, they would ask me like, why am I? I have a celebration to where I kind of spread my arms out, and it's from the gladiator of you're not entertained. But that's really what it is. In Tiger same It's a Coliseum. People are screaming. People are going crazy, and you know the lights are bright, and so you need that intensity because when you get there. You want to be – you already want to be comfortable with it. And, like, honestly, you don't get that, get that anywhere else. Like, men are – like, um, I can't – still another quote here. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but how they say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. That's how Tiger Stadium is. So Sinatra. Sinatra. Yeah, yeah there, there we go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So we do this on this podcast from time to time where uh, maybe start going down a road that we probably shouldn't. We can always edit it out if we need to. But speaking of the intensity, right? So give me the football player's perspective on, so like there was this story the other week where the media was there, team gets in a fight in practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of sit back and I'm like, yeah, that happens literally every football camp, right? <laughs> we know what happened in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, has your perspective on that kind of thing changed? And I'm not talking about that specific instance, but yeah. just the difference between player and coach perspective of in 2019, you were probably in the middle of it. Yeah. And this year you're kind of on the outside looking in. So, like – but how has that perspective shifted? And have you – do you ever find yourself going back to player mode?
1: I think with what Coach Kelly was getting across on him not wanting that, it's 100% true.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But I also think if you ask Coach Kelly, he'd rather be the guy to tell his guys to back up and stop Rather than say, "Hey, have some dog." Yeah. So yeah. I think it's kind of like a bittersweet in between thing, but like as a coach, now looking it from like I said, I'm taking notes for everything Coach Coach Kelly does. So I understand that You don't want your guys swinging and fighting and increase injury and stuff like that. You actually, you know, as a coach, you thinking, "Okay, we're we gonna get in, go, get in, get this work, get my guys outside to get, get treatment, fighting." kind of gets in the way of that. Yeah. And so, like, I see it from that perspective on why Coach Kelly is like, I don't want that. Um, but, like I said, I think if you ask Coach Kelly, he doesn't want to try to bring the dog out of his players. He, yeah. If anything, he, like, he wants to have his guys on the leash, and when he's ready to let them off the leash when it comes to uh, on Sunday versus Florida State or Saturdays in Tiger Stadium, he can be the one to take the leash off his guys.
0: Yeah, I mean it's written on the walls in there emotional mastery, and so that's mm-hmm. a that's a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to be able to control your emotions. Either way, it's a right. uh, it's a constant balance. Um, how much have things changed since you were a, a player here? It wasn't, wasn't that long ago. Twenty twenty was your last season. Twenty twenty, yes. Sir. Um, you went you went on your professional journey from there. You've come back. Um, but a lot has changed since then, mm-hmm. not just the podcast studio, a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of different stuff. Um, how, how different is it? What's what's different? But what's the same, too? Because I know there's some mm-hmm. constants, too, that don't change with LSU football.
1: I mean, uh, of course, the difference is Coach Kelly and his staff. Um, you know, well, first I'm going to start off by saying what's changed with me since I've been playing. Got married to... My, I guess, college sweetheart, do you call that? Yeah. The woman I met at college, yeah. Hannah Martin. Well, Hannah Stevens now. <laughs> and I've uh, had a son. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Those things. And had my son, Jordan. And um, just kind of just living life and learning on the go and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, in terms of everything's being constant, this has kind of been constant for me in terms of football and. The LSU brand. I mean, I know that uh, you know, come back. I see people like you, Lindsey Thompson, Brandon, and Michael Bonnet. Just so many people. I, I saw um, I saw Mama Shelley the
0: mm-hmm. other, other
1: mm-hmm. day. So I'm just like, man, it's like you know, it's awesome. But at the same time, it's like you know, you see the the new faces like the Miss Beth Rex, and you see Coach Kelly, you see the uh, Coach Steeples and Coach House, the people that are here that are. Basically, really just getting the LSU brand back to where everybody knows what it is. A winning program, a winning brand, a brand that, like I I was telling some people, maybe you have to edit this out, but people at Mississippi State, people at uh, Auburn, they wish they were here. Yeah, I mean, being, being, (laughs) being in the NFL for the short period of time that I was in, being in the locker room, you can, when they would talk, you know, talk trash to uh, us LSU guys, you can feel the jealousy. <laughs> so, like, they're bringing that brand,
0: that um, attention back to LSU. So let's do a little reminiscing since we've caught up to speed. <laughs> um, it's four years since 2019. Obviously, that team will always be regarded uh, in a different space not always. it's, the, only, best. it's yeah. the best
1: so you don't it is, don't go it's, it's the best team ever
0: exactly <laughs> and, and not just in lsu history but in all college football history and mm-hmm. i've been thinking about that team a lot recently for a number of reasons i mean whether it's you graduating grant graduating you know whether you're seeing joe jamar and justin all over social media mm-hmm. um you just think about that team a lot when, when you look back on what you accomplished because when i would ask you this in 19 or 20 like you're still playing like mm-hmm. you don't have time to reflect on it but now that you've been away for a little bit and you've been able to come back, how, how do you reflect on that year, that season, the things that stand out? I know it's a broad question, yeah. but just
1: no, – I'm glad you said it, uh, you asked it that way, because when we were in it, I always tell people I didn't realize how good we were. Like, when I go back and look at old games or um, I go back and look at old film and just see, the, uh, and see what the guys are doing in the league, I really didn't realize the amount of talent we had on that team. Uh, even the coaches, the – the coaching talent, you know, the Joe Brady's and the Coach Aranda, like I didn't realize the talent we just had in that one building. And just to see, um, like there's a commercial that Justin Jefferson is on. Um, you know, they have like a, a feature song in the background, him talking. I'm like, I just look at him like, man, Justin's about to be the face of the league. Man. Yeah. I'm like, I remember uh, me and Justin talking. We were, uh, I call him, we were on the road mates when we were uh, going on the road, we would share the same hotel mm-hmm. uh, room. We were roommates. And I was like, man, now he's freaking <laughs> the face of the league. And, you know, Jamar's doing Jamar stuff. And Joe Burrows being the same cool Joe. Cool yeah. Joe, we used to call him. And then um, and you just seeing those guys. I mean, you seeing Grant. And, you know, you just see all those guys that you're around, Christian and Derek. And you just see those guys. And it's like, man, they, we were all on the same team at one point. And, you know. You don't think you don't just you don't think about it when you're on there. Like I said, I mean, even a national championship. I tell people I was like, so what was it like winning a national championship? They asked me, and I'm like, to be honest with you, when I after we won it, like the few seconds after, it didn't hit me, because you're so locked. You just so locked in. You're not even thinking about man. I, well, at least for me, we won the national championship until we had the parade. baby get asked Angel Reese and those and those ladies yeah. like how it felt like. When you have the parade and you see the LSU fans around, you see them cheering you and praising you, it's like, okay, it hit me. We won the national championship. This is something that every kid dreams of doing. And these are people that, that's won the Super Bowl or that's in the NFL getting paid millions of dollars a year. They probably – they wish that they won a national championship and you did that. And it didn't hit me because, like I said, in it, you're just so locked in. You're just so locked in, man, and – um it's it, you know I, sometimes I really sometimes just look back I'm like wow.
0: <laughs> it's why players sometimes are the worst like quotes when it comes to like reflect on this because they're like it's so week to week right you're right. So, not even week to week it's day to day like you're so in the moment that they're not the best to uh to extrapolate on what's going mm-hmm. on and and to uh, you know give great sound bites on it but mm-hmm. it's why I always like catching up with guys when they come back because you do have. Some time to reflect. Do any like this is again another vague question. Do any stories stand out from that time? Maybe maybe not even common stories, but like what are the prevailing memories? Is it the big wins and the big moments, or is it is it the stuff away from the field that sticks out more when when you're gone and when you come back? Honestly, I
1: think I think the biggest thing that there's a couple of things that stick out, and I I want to start out with this just the the brotherhood that we have at LSU because uh, today I got to see uh, John Battle today. Yep. And you know you just feel um, like regardless of where you on which side of the ball, when you see the guys, it's always a you always we always greet each other with a laugh. I like I never <laughs> I never I never, I was, I never like um, came and crossed with one of my teammates and just never just laughed for no reason. And it's and I guess it's just like just the togetherness or just kind of like that cohesion just comes back. You know, it's just we just feel it we just laugh you know and, and we're always proud of each other we're always catching up and I that's one of the things for me that's like it sticks out just kind of like you know we're LSU, we're, LSU, we're LSU football Tigers and we did this we did all this together and um so it was so we, so I, that's one thing that sticks out and just one of the one of the biggest things I know people they kind of kind of blow out of proportion is uh it's kind of like Joe in the 2019, they they always talk about the fight that happened and the respect that. Well, from one, they said that I gained and the defensive player gained. One of the things I wanted to say on that, I always wanted to have. I think I have the opportunity to say this now. We've always had respect for him. Joe's always been the when he stepped in as a transfer. He was always the leader that he. He was always a leader, and um, like you said, you you kind of hit on it when 2019 with that happened. I think. There, you know, we already saw who Joe. Joe didn't have anything to prove to us then, and um, so I always wanted to come out and say that and I was going to wait for the right opportunity to say that. But that wasn't a oh Joe gained our respect move or he needed to do that. No, it was just we were in a scrimmage, it happened, we got punished for it, and we move on. But I think we already had we already had respect for Joe. That wasn't a that wasn't I, I don't I don't view that as a. And maybe he doesn't either. He doesn't view that as a Joe Burrow highlight moment. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I you know, I, I just want I always wanted to say that, and so I have the opportunity to talk about that story.
0: I think it's a good point of clarification because uh, I, I remember when Joe first got here. Me and Joe got tell us you basically at the same time. Uh, mm. I started in August 2018. I know he was here a little bit before that, but mm. like I remember hearing about him when we first got here, and it was just he just put his head down at work. Like he just mm. he tried to win every sprint, all that stuff, and so. People, I think people know this by now, but he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And so he he knew all that stuff when he came yeah. in, man. Like, he knew this is what I got to do to earn their respect. I'm not going to come in and talk. I'm not going to come in and, you know, be this big, like, locker room speech guy. Like, I'm just going to put my head down and that's work.
1: 100% what, and That's 100% what he did. I mean, and, I, and I, honestly, like, Joe wasn't – he wasn't – like, that, those years, he was never the locker room speech guy. Joe always led by example in his work ethic and so i think like just for that alone like when when you get guys like devin white to respect you like as quick as you as as he did and and kind of looked towards him to be the leader of the team everybody else is going to fall in line yeah. i was one of those guys that you know I, at at that moment of time i fell in line so like um so, yeah so i always wanted to clarify that but uh, one of the biggest like i said going back to my original point one of the biggest things is like you really feel the brotherhood there you know like you know, like I said, I saw uh, John Battle, the other day, and we just start laughing. Got on the phone when I saw Nick, we just start laughing. You know, like this is just kind of like you just feel connected. Feel, you feel it's like a, it feels like a, a like a fraternity. Yeah. You know, so
0: you yeah. you mentioned uh, Gladiator with your mm-hmm. celebration. I just read a book about the Spartans and Three Hundred and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And the uh, same thing, like it's this, it's this tight knit brotherhood that no one else can relate to. So you're probably mm. laughing because it's like we know something that everybody else doesn't. Know.
1: Probably, probably, you're probably like when you look back at look back at it, and I'm not in football anymore. We probably share the same trauma. That's right. You know? That's <laughs> so right. We share the same trauma of all the. Uh, training and stuff like that. So we were, like, just start laughing because it was just like, man, we are back here and we're alive. <laughs> we're still alive. <laughs>
0: we, survived. we survived. Let's talk about this team. And yeah. you're starting to work with these guys, and obviously we talk about the coaches. But what do you see in the personality makeup of this team? They're coming off an SEC West championship. It's hard not to do this. I, I try to stay away from it. People do it, you know, you look at 2018 LSU football and you're kind of built up the foundation the 2019 he took off. Last year's team kind of built up a foundation. We'll see if they take off, but the, certainly the expectations are yeah. there. Um but what do you what do you see in the makeup of this team that uh and the personality of this team that stands out to you?
1: Well I hope I don't hurt any feelings but like they only do that because the twenty nineteen won the twenty nineteen team won the championship. Yeah. Now if we came out there and we sucked, we they would make those <laughs> exactly. they wouldn't make those exactly. same comparisons. So um, I don't like like I'm like you. I don't like getting into that because every new team has an identity, uh, and for these guys, these guys are hungry. They want it. They had they had a taste of success, um, and I and I I think that's something that that they they want that same feeling, and that's that's okay. And the thing is, they have a coach to lead them, and they have a coach that's been there, yeah, that's been there multiple times. So he knows how to get them there. Uh, so I think you, you see a disciplined team. You see a uh, this everything that they do is with precision and detail. And um, I think you know with the, with my small time, even with the Eagles, just everything they did it was with detail. And I, and I think that kind of you know you say it like attention to detail, this is detail, but when you see it actually happen, you know you could you know it's beautiful and when when you get on the field and you see it actually come together it's beautiful I mean like you know we you know my time with uh Philadelphia they would literally get on their receivers about okay you broke your route off at 12 but if you would have broke your route out at 14 you would have gained the eyes of the safety and the post would have been open and I'm just like, you know, it's like the the difference of two yards, but they stressed that detail so much that you saw what Philly was able to do. Yeah. You know, so it's like when you see that here, you get that same feeling. That's the same type of detail that Joe had with the offense, the same uh, detail that Coach Aranda uh, had with the defense. You know, so, I mean, I think the guys had success, so they know how to get there. And I think you have guys like Jaden, you have guys like Makai. You have guys uh, that know how to get there, and you have the leaders in place that not only listen to Coach Kelly but enforce the things or lead by example by the things that he expects them
0: to do. All right, we'll end by putting you on the spot here. All right. <laughs> you said you've been uh, writing down some quotes. So I need you to give me like a quote or two that stuck out to you from the last couple of weeks that's obviously fit for, for air. All
1: right. Um, so um, like I said, I, I, I'm praying to God he doesn't get mad, but like Coach House, one of the biggest things he said, uh, in a defense at meeting, he said, with um with tradition comes responsibility. And he was just kind of talking about the tradition of LSU football. And when I'm I got the chills just saying it. And like it didn't hit like it hit me, but I didn't even think about it like that. It's like I think that's a great way to sum up LSU the brand. With tradition comes responsibility and every every guy that comes to play football for LSU or every lady that goes plays basketball for women's basketball or men that plays for uh, baseball there's a responsibility that you have to uh uphold when you're playing when you put LSU across your chest
0: Beautifully said. My, my favorite tradition is having Jacoby Stevens on the <laughs> Hay Fighting podcast. Uh, Jacoby, it was great catching up with you. Excited to see you back out uh, in purple and gold on the sidelines. Um, great catching up with you. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it being here. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Hey Fighting podcast, brought to you by Marathon Petroleum. Marathon Petroleum, get the most out of your drive. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Light, night to We fight to
0: hold the glory. I said, fight, fight, fight Victory for Victory for Victory for LSU
1: We are number Number one
0: Victory